Hi, and welcome to Falling Star, a Star Wars D6 RPG podcast. I'm Jesse the Game Master. This is the second and final of our introductory podcasts that give you, the listener, a little bit of background as to what went into setting up the campaign at the beginning. Because of the unusual circumstances that this campaign will begin under, I felt our listeners would benefit from hearing the development of one of our first characters. Future sessions will almost exclusively be our actual play sessions, though I would like to leave open the possibility of doing mailbag or Q&A sessions. So, without further ado, here's me and Stephanie. So I'm here with Stephanie. Stephanie is my wife, and we'll be playing in our game. Uh, say hello, Stephanie. Hello. Stephanie is very reluctant to be recorded, but that's okay. So we're going to talk about this campaign, and Stephanie really doesn't know much about what this campaign is going to be, other than it's going to be a Star Wars campaign, and um, I've sort of kept that under wraps from her, so she's sort of going into this blind. But because Which is part of the reason why I don't want to be recorded. But I, <laughs> I, I have promised her that this is going to be non-threatening, and I promised her that this is going to be uh, at least something vaguely surrounding her interests. So I'm, I'm dragging her into playing. I'm not going to torture her too much. So the campaign that I, I, I've sort of envisioned that I'm uh, is revolves at least starts the the framing work for this is going to start where all of our characters are sort of the entourage and bodyguards and staff that surround a um, the equivalent of a musical diva. Uh, in the Star Wars universe, who has been hired by the Empire to work as propaganda. So they're, they're, they're sort of working, starting off working for the bad guys, um, but singing catchy tunes about how great the Empire is. Sort of think Captain America, you know, promoting war bonds. So, and because Stephanie has a musical background and is, a, in fact, a gorgeous singer, and uh, I have... I'm not going to ask her to sing. I'm not going to put her on the spot like that. But I ha- I thought that that sort of character might appeal to her. And so we kind of have... I have some ideas about where you might want to go with that. Um, but I'm, I'm thinking that... You know, like her to sort of brainstorm ideas about what she might like for... Um, you know, she could be very pop diva, sort of a, a Katy Perry type character. Or she could be... You know, very folksy, and or, or we, you know, she can go any direction she wants with this. But I'm, I'm curious what she would. And of course, you know, we can make up styles within the Star Wars universe. We got a lot to play with. Anything you want. So, what sort of music sort of appeals to you in that in that role? I think it makes more sense. I, I guess I don't think of folk singers being divas. Um, when you say. Diva, I think someone who's very arrogant, very. Um, well, I, I don't want to create. I, I was, maybe that's a a, a, um, a wrong direction. I, I don't mean to tell you that your character has to be a diva. I just mean that she's going to be wildly popular. So she's going to be um, you know, heavily promoted. She can be. It can be artificial talent. She can be a hack. She can be truly gifted. But uh, um, I think. What I guess what I find more interesting is someone who starts out being very um, humble and 
um, and and true to the music and maybe adequately trained or well trained, but um, eventually gets sort of wrapped up in the fame and starts kind of believing their own hype. Okay. Now, um, do you have, does it, are there any names that sort of jump to your head? We can come back to that. Are there any names that really jump to your head? Is Okay. Just, nope, no names. <laughs> all right. Just for, from a purely stylistic point of view, a lot of the names in Star Wars tend to be um, two short names, so one or two syllables each. Um, that's just, a, it's kind of been established through scads of books and you know, Han Solo, Lando, you know, very um, almost formulaic. And you don't have to follow that formula by any means. I'm just throwing that out there. Um, now, I, I'm thinking that we probably want to, because you don't feel very familiar with the Star Wars universe, and I'm a much bigger geek than you are, um, I'm not going to, I'm going to suggest that you start off playing human. I, I'm, I'm thinking that, um, you know, there's a couple of the mere human races, the girls with the head tails, and they're, they're men of the same race too, but I'm thinking a human might be a good choice, especially for the Empire who's sort of been established as very anti-alien, you know, all the people you see in leadership positions in the Empire are all humans. Right. I think that makes sense. <clears throat> so human, uh, or close to it, there's all sorts of little variants of humans in the Star Wars universe, but human, and I really am not a big fan of people playing cross-gender, I think guys massacre very badly, they usually end up playing horrible stereotypes of, of women, it's a thing. So I, I'm... I think female would probably be a good choice. <coughs> um, I have a couple of suggested um, backgrounds that, that I'd like to run by you, and you tell me what might appeal to you. Okay. Um, the one that jumps to mind, I think, is the strongest, is potentially um, the daughter of someone who's very highly placed, uh, an imperial governor or something like that. So... It, that might be how you get into the, the this whole thing. You were recommended. You have political connections. You know, your father or mother had political connections that might have brought you in, have, you know, sort of got you this gig. You had talent, but that would be one option. You could be, you know, someone who started out in a low position and were, you know, worked their way up in clubs. Now, the one thing I should probably share with you is that we're going to jump in about after you've been touring for about a year. So we're going to, we're going to, start this whole adventure a year in after you've already been on tour because nothing really interesting happens for the first year. And when we get to the end of a year, then things really start hopping and getting more interesting. Okay. Um, the humble person who suddenly makes it good and gets carried away with the fame doesn't sell so well if it's the child of someone who's highly placed. You know, do you, do you see what I mean? Those Those are pretty... Um, pretty opposite because mm -hmm. it would it would be more I could see more easily the um, hack who you know gets in because of who her daddy is and mm -hmm. and thinks that she belongs there and thinks that she has more talent than she does like that those two things fit together but the kind of the the humble sort of um, person who sort of gets carried away with the fame I I can't see that being the the daughter of a diplomat or someone. Okay, who's so you want to you want to start out humble and and go towards 
Well, I mean, either way is okay. I just I think that's an important decision to make. Okay. Um, I would have a more difficult time playing the poor little rich girl who you know, who then you know relies on daddy's money. But I, I have some acting ability, so <laughs> can <laughs> try that. Well, what's um, okay? Well, we can we can we'll come back to that one and. Um, as far as family relationships go, um, and this may we may this may all sort of spin together. Um, I'm going to suggest that, that that you have at least one sibling um, because I have some plot hooks that I want to I really want to work in um, with your sibling. Okay, should uh, that be a, a same sex sibling? Should that be also a woman? So that there's like I, I will leave that up to you. Or? I will leave that up to you. I do have two uh, two other sort of hooks that all sort of bled together with that. Um, because your character is at least not going to start out... Uh, these characters are going to become adventurers. They're going to become, you know, whether for good or ill, bad guys or good guys, um, they're going to become adventurers. The question is, um, how does someone transition from musician to choosing to, to, to enter this life of... and what leads you down this way? Um... And I think one of those things that, that um, lead you down that way lead is, you that way is kidnap sibling, something like that, or, or you know, something. I, I'm still working on a couple of details, but that that may be where we go with that. Um, but the other thing I'd like to think about is that this character might be better served. Um, as become, being what's called force sensitive, they are not Jedi. They, they could potentially become Jedi, and I'm not. And I want to suggest you don't start out with any force skills, but just have that on in the back burner. That you know she may have that may be part of where her talent comes from. It's just you know momentary flashes of insight with the force or something like that. Um, you know, just just a connection with with the beauty of the moment or something like that. Uh, not that. Um, and that might also give her some of those skills that are necessary as an adventurer that she she wouldn't necessarily come out of the blue. There'd be at least a reason why those skills develop. Um, what you just said kind of triggered a thought in me. I think it may make more sense if if you have the very wealthy father who is very interested in, like, he's somewhere in the propaganda machine and he sees this as an opportunity for him um, for him to gain prestige because his daughter's now doing this and he sort of not strong arms her into it but is is pushing her um, to do this and then she she moves through and, and may start to realize um, that it's almost like a fine daddy I'm you've wanted me to do this well I'm you know I'm going to go off and do these other things that I want to do as kind of a like slap in the face to him. So I've become popular and I'm, you know, doing this propaganda and it's, it's like a, it's a rebellion, Mm -hmm. um, against your old dad. Um, I can sort of see that making plot sense and character sense. So you, are you now leaning one way or the other towards a, yeah, I think the rich father and, um, and the daughter, I mean, she doesn't necessarily have to be a hack, but, um, maybe she has some talent 
that I think makes sense to come from the Force or some insights and maybe some ability to kind of read people. Mm-hmm. And so she touches people with her music. Um, okay. But that's, you know, maybe she really loved her music and then her dad started using her music and then she started to dislike it and then kind of rebelled against what he was pushing her to do. Okay. Um, on that note, um, going back to the sibling question, there's sort of this loose tradition in the Star Wars universe, very loose, but it, it, it is... Twins. Yeah, twin, well, twin, twin, force-sensitive twins. So Luke and Leia, uh, Leia and Han's children are, for, are twins and, and force-sensitive, so th- there's a little bit of precedent for it. So it, they don't have to be same-sex twins, obviously, um, don't have to be identical, but there's... So if we want to go that way, then maybe a twin sibling or... uh, Yeah, I mean, you can kind of... It doesn't have to be. I'm just... No, I think a twin makes a lot of sense. I'm just thinking gender-wise. Does it make more sense to have kind of two sisters where you're more likely to end up with jealousies and competition or a sister and a brother, which I guess I always create this, um, like, protective older brother kind of image. Um, we could do both too you don't have to have a single sibling both you want both you want, you know, okay. okay both so uh, maybe a twin I think the twin brother that is protective and I feel closer to and maybe a slightly younger um, sister who is kind of ticked off that dad chose me to be the pop star and the propaganda machine. Okay. Um, so maybe there's some jealousy and... So how, how, how do you... What do, your sister may be jealous of you, but how, do, how does she feel... How do you feel about her? Um, I think I'm a little more neutral toward her. Like, um, like she may feel jealous and upset and stuff toward me, but I see that she has faults and she wants what I want, but um, can also see that, you know, she has some talents and some strong points. So I can see her in shades of gray, not just as, oh, that's my little pain in the neck little sister. Okay, and the twin brother, how are you relationship with twin brother? I mean, it sort of depends on how how you want that to evolve. Thinking about maybe um, maybe my twin brother knows that dad's really forced me into this or really pushed me toward it, and so he sticks around. He stays around me so that he um, so that he can protect me from having like from you know from dad from dad's force to like push me to do what I don't want necessarily want to do. Um, I think that may make more sense that and so he's overprotective and around me a lot in order to kind of keep me from being a victim of the machine. Okay. And how do you feel towards brother? Um we have a strong connection as twins. I think that I think that makes sense. Um and Competitive? Not no, a... I, I would say I confide in him. Okay. So I, I can't confide in my little sister, but my brother knows everything that's going on. Like, he knows the strings that Dad has pulled and what Dad's, you know, forced 
like how dad has sort of forced me toward this career. Okay. Um, how about your relationship with father? I mean, he's. It, what do you see him? The type of father is he domineering? Yes. Domineering. Yes. Uh, do you want to go so far as abusive or just? No, I would say domineering, but almost like a little bit absentee-ish as well, because obviously he's very motivated by his career. So maybe he doesn't know me as well as he ought to, or like he's he's been a little um, like he he has things that he wants. And he's sort of using me to get what he wants without really knowing that this whether or not this is something that I actually want. Okay. How about mom? <sighs> I think mom would have to be pretty um, passive um, to have that make sense. I can't really see her, see a, another parent fitting in there. And she also could be not there. I mean, she's yeah. for whatever reason... I mean, if to throw Star Wars back in, to, to throw Star Wars back at the, the the family dynamic, you know, and I, I'm now I'm brainstorming. Um, maybe mom and father had a, had a disagreement over politics, and is you know he could be just draconian enough to to turn her in. Mm. I mean, they, they could be that sort of relationship, or it could be something that's far just you know political arrangement. They could have genuinely been in love. It could be, or they could just. You know, be June and Ward Cleaver, or maybe, maybe she was his first meal ticket. Maybe she had family status, and then he married into it, and now he's worked his way up in the diplomacy, and sort of she's now um, superfluous, but maybe really self-absorbed and. Um, Trying to think, yeah, I think self-absorbed and and more um, I guess tied to her her group of friends in society. Maybe she's a society woman, okay. and and so she's not as involved in the lives of her kids. I'm just I'm trying to think how it would make sense to have her not be very actively involved with the kids, so that. You know, there's not someone else kind of jumping in to protect me from dad's wishes. Okay. Um, does mom have a favorite? Mom's favorite is the little sister. Okay. And. And who's dad's favorite? Or do you think he doesn't care? I think he doesn't care. I think it's whoever's of use to him at the moment. Okay. So, so probably while I'm fulfilling his dreams, then I'm the one who's favored, but okay. he doesn't really care more. And okay, so we've got we've got at least sort of a, a family background here. Um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make you dig into you know uncles and aunts and that sort of thing. <laughs> we can. How old is she? That, that's a good question. How old is she? I mean, we're, we're talking about some, some young adult rebellion here, so I think that... Yeah, I mean, but we can, 18, she, 19, 20 sort of makes sense. I, 
But it it sort of depends on the Star Wars universe. I don't know as much about like assume a human, you know, human average lifespan like, and and well, just thinking about you know with school and that kind of thing, and the age of majority being eighteen. It's um, about that, yeah. I think Luke is supposed to be like seventeen at the, in the first Star Wars movie when he wants to go away to the academy. So about what we are now. So maybe I'm seventeen when all this starts, and so I'm still under my dad's thumb because I'm a minor. But then, you know, after a year, I'm now okay. 18. I can make some of my own decisions and don't have to feel so tied down to what dear old daddy wants me to do. Okay. Now, this character is going to be very heavily promoted by the Empire. I mean, and we, we sort of tell she's not the greatest voice in the, in the galaxy. So she has to have some other things going for her aside from just... So I'm, I'm thinking she needs to be beautiful. Now, that's not really reflected in a game stat or anything like that. But, but And, you know, this is sort of wish fulfillment, too. But, so, oh, she can be... Um, you know, she can be um, cute, beautiful. She can be drop-dead gorgeous, and that's part of what sold her. Um, I mean, let's face it, any characters that's in our universe is going to be Hollywood... Uh, you know, the ugliest is going to be going to be Hollywood ugly or Hollywood beautiful. So, however you want to picture her, though. Hmm. Yeah, there aren't very many blondes in the Star Wars universe. He looks sort of dishwater blonde. Yeah. I'm just thinking like Leia has dark hair, Amidala has dark hair. Like, in fairness, there's family lineage there. Yeah. <laughs> Anakin's sort of blonde. An- well, Anakin's actually very blonde, at least in the early uh, earlier in the life. Yeah. He's sort of bald and looks like a toad when he by the time he's Darth Vader. And um, I guess I see like red hair and and green eyes okay. and like very pale skin, um, like a little. A little down to earth, maybe freckles, but really very, very, very pretty. But not necessarily. Um, she doesn't know that she's really gorgeous. Okay. How uh, is there? If you close your eyes and, and sort of try and conjure in your head, uh, is there a, like a movie star, an actress, or something that sort of has that feature? The uh, television star, writer. picture with Julia Roberts's hair but not her lips so, <laughs> so not a smile as wide as <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I can't I can't okay. think of anybody else all right. I, that's alright uh, okay no red hair you know pale down to earth freckles beautiful without knowing it um We've got age. Um, <clears throat> how about childhood? As far as you know, was she the popular girl? Was she? Was she? Um... Maybe she was quiet, and her brother was popular, okay. and and so she was kind of like he he's protective, and he's always included her in the things that he's doing, but she wasn't kind of popular in and of her own right. Um, she was sort of a little bit quieter, and 
Um, is there a sort of story that interests you, in, in, as you as you think about it, this, the character arc as far as personal development? There's a lot of ways you can go. 18-year-old characters are classic um, coming-of-age stories kind of thing. Um, I think with this mix of family relationships and that you might... There's a lot of room for personal tragedy here, um, which can be really fa- really fabulous to, to, to role-play and to, to have fun with, um, as long as you don't get, get too vested in the characters. It's like, oh my God, I killed my... Kind of thing, but you know, I think there there, there can be a uh, um, a lot of room for high drama or high melodrama in here. Dad could kill mom trying to get me to quit rebelling, come back to the family. Okay, so potential fatherly betrayal. Okay. Um... So after we've sort of all come to that, any still any thoughts on names? Um, I keep coming back to like Joe or Joanne, or like not Joanne, but like Joe or Joan or something like that. Why don't we you take just a? I mean, that's, that's a good starting point. How about we put it maybe? Um, Slightly different consonant. How Joe? Like we sort of uh, pronounce the the J slightly differently. Mm-hmm. Not, and I, again, I'm just throwing out syllables right now. <laughs> I'm not so mm-hmm. What? <laughs> Something in me sort of triggered. I don't know why this came up, but some sort of morphing of Juliet. Okay. Um, so, like, her first and last name together comes out to be, like, Joliet or Joliet or something like that. Like, something that comes out kind of okay. close to Juliet. Joliet. Sounds good. I'm just jotting things down. I'm not... Joel, like J-O-L? Yeah. Or, yeah, we can... (laughs) Make it a a hard G, like goal. Goal. I like Joe. I think that has a good... So take the L on the other... I I like the Z sound. I think that's very... I don't know, it's very Zsa it's very, like, <laughs> yeah. Hollywood. Um, well, you know, and it could be, that could be a stage name, too. Her name could be very simply, <laughs> but, you know, she, she affects the, the jaw. Is there is there a voice, if you picture, if you close your eyes again, is there a voice that you can, uh, and I'm not asking you to do funny voices necessarily, but it, it is a good way to, to sort of get in character and stay in character, and, or for me as the GM to differentiate when you're talking as the character when you're not. So is there something you can do without destroying your voice? <laughs> Just a, you know, a little hint. <laughs> or an affectation you see her with. <laughs> I mean, I guess I see girls at, at this age, especially if, I mean, she's kind of in the music scene, like, using or or... 
um, flaunting their sexuality, like being more seductress kind of. Um, so when, you know, when talking as, as Joe, it would be like more of the kind of like breathy, low pitched, like so dripping words that are dripping in there with the, <laughs> okay. So All right. More so than. Yeah, you can think about it. From the, I'm not going to ask you to play this character tomorrow, anyway. So, or in two days. Um, but I, um, I think tomorrow we may visit, or tomorrow uh, when we actually play our first game. I think we'll probably I'll probably visit one of the siblings instead. And I'm depending on which one I pick. I may ask you to play that sibling, or I may ask you, someone else to play the sibling, and we'll see what becomes of it. So, <laughs> this is one reason why I wanted to get this out of the way early because I, I was thinking that we would go this way, at least sibling wise. Um, you look like you have a question. No, I mean, I'm still thinking through family dynamics. I think, like, kind of the alliances where it's like me and my brother and, on one end and mom and my little sister on kind of the other alliance, and then dad's kind of absent slash by himself and occasionally allies with one or the other set depending on what he needs or what he wants. Um, so. okay. There is a, there is a, a bit of an accent that go and th- whether this is a do- in the Star Wars movies for whatever reason that, you know, the high-ranking Imperials have this sort of British accent which I'm not asking you to affect, but I'm, it, you know, we can, we can, I'm just saying that it, it's kind of amusing that the different characters have these, in the Star Wars roles, have these Earth accents, but they translate to different things. So, the, it, it, so you know, um, Han almost has the, sort of this folksy the sort of drawl to him, and, and, you know, Lando is very precise, and and the Empire, the Emperor has this very, very, very distinct accent. He he chews his words. If you ever listen to the character, he actually bites all of his words off. It's very interesting. It's a it's a neat voice to to, to play with. Um, and because I think the Emperor is going to come into our story a couple times, I actually practice uh, sort of working on practicing that that biting off. It's it's fun to play with. Um, well, I guess what. I mean, something that would be kind of fun for me to play with is um, I've been listening to the Dark Tower series okay, on audiobook, and they are in a place that, I mean, it's, they, they use the thee and thou, and it's a little more like, It's folksy, but it's got thee and thou kind of mixed in. Um, it's sort of an interesting sort of um, dialect that they've created where, um, you know, the the greetings are, you know, Heil Gunslinger and um, Long Days and Pleasant Nights and Twice the Number to You and um, just a few, like when talking with certain people, the these and thous are thrown in. Um, I can't see that really working very well. I mean, to me, that doesn't seem to fit with the Star Wars universe, but... Yeah, it's, big, it's a big galaxy, and you, you figure all that stuff exists within our planet, and you've got several 
hundred thousand planets to play with, so that can exist somewhere. But yeah, whatever you, whatever you are most comfortable with, and I'm just thinking like mom grew up with money, so um, I'm just thinking mom's very prissy and old world and. <laughs> Okay, well, I think we've got a good starting place. I'm not going to ask you to do any of the, the crunchy stuff as far as numbers or stats or anything like that. Um, I, we might do that as a group uh, after our first session once you see how all the stats work. It really is extraordinarily simple. I mean, it's easily the simplest system I've ever run across as far as, as, as stats. It's, it's simple uh, Simple addition is, is all that's required for anything. Um, and... But we're going to, um, I think we've got enough to go on. I'll, I'll try and write some of this up. And uh, if you have any thoughts about or additional character information or brainstorms you have for me. Not right now. Um, then we'll bring those up. But I think we will be stopped there. So thank you very much, Stephanie. I appreciate your assistance. <laughs> You're welcome.